Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 55 of the Interviews Podcast. We are here for the post-match reaction of Benfica Inter at the Estadio Dalush, which finishes 3-3, uh, same as the quarterfinal last year. Goals from Joao Mario in the 5th, Joao Mario in the 13th, Joao Mario in the 34th, and then an incredible second-half comeback by uh, Inter Arnatovic in the 51st, Fratesi in the 58th, and then Sanchez, Sanchez with a 72nd-minute penalty. Uh, Barella could have won it right there at the death, hitting the post uh, after Benfica went down to 10 men with an Antonio Silva red card. As always, I'm one half of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa, joined here by Johnny Paterno. And Johnny, I almost don't even want to talk about this game. I've got so much to say about uh, sort of the discourse on Twitter from Interisti. Um about this game that just really, really was grinding my gears. But before we go ahead and, I guess, open up that can of worms, how are you feeling after a draw and ultimately what we knew was going in, a meaningless game, and we come out of it, it's still the same thing, meaningless whatsoever, because Sociedad also picked up their point, and it's 11 points heading into uh, the final match day of the of the group stage. Listen, we, we knew from the beginning that, we were going to have to beat Sociedad uh, to win the group. So uh, I wasn't too concerned with this this starting 11. I kind of had a feeling that it was going to be this type of game in the sense that we would see what we had available to us, like what was on our bench. Are we really as deep as everyone claims we are? Um, and we saw early on that these guys don't play often together. Well, together. Now, let alone play often, but like together they don't play. Um, so there was a lot of disconnect, a lot of losing your man, expecting someone else to pick him up. You know, it, it's gonna happen. These things are gonna gonna occur, and it was uh, very telling. But I'm I'm actually really impressed with the mentality more so than anything. But we could get into that. So. Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree with you that, you know, it was <laughs> they haven't played much and they haven't played together, which is a big part of, you know, when we talk about ball knowledge, right? People talk about, oh, I know ball, I know ball, whatever it is. I don't know how you can come out after that first half and be killing Inter, you know, Nemo saying we got asphalted and this is an unacceptable performance and all this stuff. And like, I, I love Nima. I just disagree with the whole premise of the idea of dumping on Inter after that first half. Like, can we understand context a little bit? Can we like, does, does everything need a reaction? Can we understand context for a game like this? The game was meaningless. The group was always coming down to Sociedad and Inter in the final match day, which is why you saw the lineup that was out there today, which is why you saw Aldero and Net, which is why you saw Davy Klaassen from the first minute, which is why you saw the two geriatric forwards that we have, Arnatovic and Alexis, who haven't played a, you know, a minute together, starting against last season's quarterfinalists, as shitty as Benfica has been in the Champions League. Like, they're... There's a lot of talented players out there. They're playing at home. They have a reason to play. And Inter did not. Benfica still has a reason to go for that Europa League spot. Inter had no they had nothing to gain from playing in this game today. So is it as an Interisti, like as an Interista, is it fun to watch your team get blown out in the first half? No. Is it fun to watch Joao Mario tool on the team in the first half? No. But do I understand that these players, not only are they not playing, they're not playing together. Like, that's a big spot to throw them in and expect perfection. It's just, you know, it's it's like De Vrij may be experienced, but he hasn't played with Aldero behind him. He hasn't played with Aldero behind him. They don't, there needs to be communication. 
And I just, I, I think I understand people's needs to like, you want to be on Twitter and you want to comment on the game. Sure. I don't get destroying the team without at least acknowledging that there's context behind why that performance may have gone the way that it was going. I didn't see the destroying the team. I think I saw individuals. I mean, I was I was included in that. Uh, there was individuals I didn't like the way that they were playing. Um, our forwards, I thought, obviously, are were we weren't as deep. We we aren't as deep in forward as we had had thought probably in the beginning of the year. Uh, midfield wise, we're definitely not as deep. Um, you know, if one of those guys were to go down, and we had to rely on either any of those midfielders i think it would be a big skill gap and defensively you know what like that was just that that was just like you said them not knowing each other you know i think Sommer is a little bit more commanding in the back so you you know you're able to rely on him to be vocal rely on him to kind of guide you in the directions and stuff or tell you what to do or where you should be looking and stuff like that um and b sex a, a kid you know i mean he just he just turned 20 today. Is that, am I right? No, he turned 23. Um, he turned 23. 23. Yeah. Yikes. That's what, I, my bad. My bad. He is still a kid. I did hear that. I just, you know, in terms of European experience, in terms of playing in yeah. games like this, like he came from the Danish league, you know, he is, he is a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's not, he's not used to, yeah, he's not used to this level at all. Um, and to be put in this situation, I, I was more hopeful for him. Now the first half was terrible, but, but we could talk about the second half because it was, um, of levels, levels of improvement from him, and I was I was thrilled with what I saw. Um, I still had the same complaints about Fratesi, though. But yeah, yeah. I so to your point about like individual performances, totally. You know, like people, you have to come out and and perform regardless. I do think it is difficult men, mentality wise to go out and and perform in a game that you don't um, that there is no stakes to essentially but i also think when we talk about depth and we're analyzing our depth right and we say um maybe we're not as deep as as we think we are here's what i think is important to understand when you're talking about depth and we're when you're talking about rotation R rarely does a manager in games that matter are they going to have as many changes as we saw today right? It's, it, you're never going to see that many changes. When you talk about depth, can you bring in one, two, three players into your starting lineup without a major, major drop-off in form, right? We know what our, our, our best 11 is, right? Can you bring in Carlos Augusto, Arnautovic, and Bisek around, you know, Turam, Barella, Somer in the back, you know, Acerbi, Bastoni, and so forth. Like, do you have rotational depth to cover two to three spots in the team i think that we do do we have rotational depth to make eight changes to the starting lineup and expect that the team is going to play in the same way i don't think that kind of depth exists i don't think that kind of depth exists for any team that can make that many changes and you still expect the same level of play Obviously, the players aren't as good as your starters, right? But you do have to take into account, like, okay, Klaassen, you know, not not enough quality, right? But I do think the players that we saw today, and I would argue Alexis as well, not enough quality. You don't feel great about them starting, like, any game. But I don't feel badly about Bisek starting games after this. I don't feel badly about, you know, even Fratesi, who didn't have a great first half, played better in the second half, but... You know, Carlos Augusto, I do think that we have depth. I do think that we have depth. When we're down to our, like, seven, eight, nine guys, um, I don't think anyone looks good. I don't think anyone looks good. Am I am I wrong on that, or am I being too defensive of Inter, or does that make sense? I'd say it makes sense, sure. I mean, I think only maybe, maybe Manchester City has the depth where they can they can make wholesale changes like that. Um, <clears throat> but I also think when you look at a club of this level, granted, we don't have the 
financial prowess that a Man City has or Real Madrid or, or any other of the big boys in that regard. But I think you expect better quality, not such a drastic drop-off when you have massive changes. You know there's going to be a drop-off. You know there's going to be a drop-off when there's three, four changes. You know it's coming. But I don't think you expect it to be drastic like it was with this, where it looked like this team really was a Serie B team with the way that they were performing early in the game. So I, 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 could, I could see both sides, honestly. You know, like... Yes, you know what? Like, if you do two, three changes, you would expect it to be, yeah, pretty, pretty par for the course that everyone should be able to cover. If you bring in Augusto instead of Di Marco to start, you bring in Bisek instead of Darmian to start, you would expect not much of a change. You know, everyone's going to be playing their role. Sommer's going to be able to be in control in the back. Um, and the crazy thing is, actually, you know what's funny is if you start Sommer, you probably make two of those saves on those goals. The first one, I think Sommer would have been able to save. Yeah. And then the third one, I don't think Sommer would have allowed it to ping pong in the in the six-yard box like that. So, you know, um, I think that's more uh, of a situation where Adero doesn't know his the guys he's playing with. Um, the guys expect the keeper to probably come out in, in some of those situations. You know, the first goal, I can give him a little bit of a break because... DeVry probably shouldn't have been so far back to keep him on side. You know, but you, listen, we could be nitpicking at, at everything. But regardless, yeah, I think I think Summer, you know, is is a, is much more sure-handed. And now that that's probably the first and only Champions League game he will ever play in. You know, he will never ever. He's gonna go back to Sampdoria after this season. We are gonna be going after a goalkeeper, hopefully Bento from the Brazilian league, to be the backup for Summer next year, and then eventually he'll take over the reins. So you know, we don't have to worry about Adero. We would have oh oh god. Knocking on wood, God forbid anything ever happens to Summer because, you know, that would be a huge loss. But I I still expect the team to be able to perform Inzaghi's ideas on the pitch and then be maybe not to perfection. I don't expect perfection. I don't expect it even from our starting 11. I do expect effort to be there and for, you know, the a desire to be displayed that you want to be winners. You know, I don't ever want to look like you guys are quitting. That 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 would be unforgivable. But if you're not able to execute the plan, then of course it's going to look like this, where it's going to look disheveled, where there's going to look like there is loss of communication and stuff like that. So it's it gets harder um, when you make this many changes. However, I still expect them to be able to plan carry out his plan to an extent. And to your point of like the expectation of them being able to raise their level of play, that did occur in the second half. Like I think, I think Interisti, okay, even for the Interisti that tore this team apart after the first half, like I think you can reasonably say that we understand that playing together for the first time is difficult. We understand that this much turnover in the squad is going to cause, you know, a level to drop. But you cannot not acknowledge the fact that in the second half, they completely dominated the game. Completely, completely dominated the game. Benfica had some counterattacks, fine, but we we did raise our level of play. And that is a really, really positive sign. Because you could have, this game after the first half, at you know before the first half, nothing changes. It's still a meaningless game. But instead of shutting shutting up shop and and you know not letting it get worse, they did the best possible thing they could have done and said, okay, we're go- we're going after this thing. And again, Benfica has a three nothing lead against a heavily rotated Inter squad fighting for third place in the group so they can get into Europa League. And they still weren't able to stop the comeback. There there has to be a level of credit there. And whether you want to say to the players, you know, give the level of, of credit to the players for turning up their performances, or whether you want to put it on Inzaghi, like, I don't know if you saw the videos heading to uh, the plane, uh, heading to Lisbon, like, these guys were goofing around. They were goofing around. And he got their heads in the game after that first half. And they should have won. They should have won. Um, I have no I have no complaints. I have no complaints after today. If anything, 
I feel better about the spirit within the team that they had every reason to shut up shop and be like, okay, let's not let this thing get out of hand. But instead they, they came back and, you know, tied this game up three, three. And like I said earlier, could have won this game, should have won this game. Yeah, no, Mintel, listen, I, I think a lot of people gave them credit for, for the comeback and gave, whether it be the players, whether it be Inzaghi, I mean, you could give credit all around. I think this fight is the sign of a team that's ready to, to win, in, win a title. Whether it's the league, whether it's Champions League, this is the mentality monsters, really, from, from top to bottom. And to come out in the second half and perform the way they did, he didn't make subs right all you know some people were calling for subs i didn't want subs i didn't honestly i didn't care once we were down three nothing i don't care i think we could have lost 12 nothing i would not have cared honestly because this game truly meant nothing now i did want to see performances from individuals which i didn't get from certain ones but as a whole the second half they came out with a different attitude they came out attacking which i thought they would just sit back and kind of like just play to end the game completely different than what I expected. So hats off to them. The subs immediately came on and made an impact. I mean, you saw what Turan was able to do. You saw um, what Barella was able to bring. You know, like these guys, I mean, I can't say enough things about Turan. Like, honestly, I thought initially it was a, it was a, it was a weak penalty. Penalty nonetheless, but I did think it was a little weak. Um, you know, if, if I saw a chair to be step on, draw Mario like that, I, I get it by the rule it is. It just, to me, it would have felt soft too. So I'm glad we got it, obviously, to get the equalizer. Um, I am very happy that that Aronatovich, his first ever goal for Inter in a comp- in competitive game. It's amazing. That's awesome. It's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was very good for the way he was able to stay on side. That, that's hard. You want to already start attacking the goal. Like, I mean, for anyone who's played forward, when you see it coming, you you're you're ready to just pounce, and and he was actually able to hold himself back and then be able to get in. And even the, um, off the even the finish, there's difficulty to the finish because you don't know. Like if you're you have to anticipate how the keeper is going to deflect that ball because he did he did hundred percent yeah. So even the finish was impressive. Yeah, yeah, and and at that angle, on his weaker foot, always tough, and and he was able to score. Um, Fratesi with a with a gorgeous strike. Now. Goal scoring has never been something I questioned with him. Never. Everything else in his game is what I question. And there was a play actually later in the game, around the 83rd minute, where he was like three feet away from Aslani. Yeah. And he turned the ball over. And I'm like, bro, like, I need you to complete that pass. Like, yeah. these are things that you shouldn't, these are mistakes you should not be making. Um, you're in the midfield. Somebody tweeted at me, you know, saying that, oh, you know, I would kind of want to see him play as like a second striker or come on for Lautaro sometime up forward and then play him like an Evika Olic who used to play for 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 Bayern Munich. Um, that I could actually maybe see because I just don't see him really being a midfielder. You don't see him being able to progress ball. I feel progress the ball at the pitch. He doesn't really complete passes. Um, he doesn't find guys. I, I could see that. Now, maybe it won't work. I wouldn't mind trying it out sometime or if you do like a 3-5 Three, five, one, one, or something, and you, you know, maybe put him behind Lautaro or behind Turam. Maybe I would want to just see, see what you have. But I, yeah, I don't know if midfield is his position. Now, granted, this is just I'm just some loser on Twitter who runs his mouth. Like no, I, 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 you know, I, I just I played at most in high school. So I think your assessment you know. of Fratesi is is a solid assessment, and I agree with it largely. I think what I think the discourse is happening because of a disconnect between what they expected Fratesi to be coming to Inter, given the price tag and given, like you said, the goal numbers. And there's never been a, there's never been a, a doubt about whether he can put the ball in the back of the net. But what I am really understanding, and I'm guilty of not not really making this assessment early on, is he's a lot he's not as far in his development as a complete midfielder as I thought he was. I think a lot of that has to do with playing, you know, at Sassuolo with not, not the most talented bunch surrounding you, maybe not the most talented coaching. And I agree that he has a lot to do in order to get to that level of being a complete midfielder. But 
it is very obvious what he needs to work on, right? I, I, you know, Inzaghi's a smart guy. His staff is smart. Like, it is obvious what you need to to develop with Fratesi, but I do think it's reasonable to have concerns about whether or not he will ever be the midfielder that he can carry the ball. He His decision-making with his passing in the final third leaves a lot to be desired. Um, and it's weird. It's like you think of of poachers as strikers, but he's almost a poacher as a midfielder. Like he's almost, he's got a really good way to sniff out where to be to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, but you're right. He is lacking in a lot of the, the um, you know, other midfield characteristics that you need to have in order to be a Mitsala in, in Inzaghi's system. He got 90 minutes today, which is, is good for him to get those, you know, those minutes in his legs and, and really get the experience of working in the team. Um, he's obviously very talented. It's not like, you know, guys like Spalletti are not, and Mancini are not calling him up to Italy for no reason and, and giving him starts for no reason. Like he's, he's a talented player. Um, I think coming into this game, the players that I was really, really interested in, in seeing what they were going to do with, with full starters minutes is Arnatovic, Augusto, Aslani, and Fratesi. Um, I'm most disappointed in Aslani. I thought it would be crisper. I thought it would be crisper, and I thought he'd have a bigger influence. What did you make of his... Did he get 90 as well? Yeah, he did get 90. Yeah, yeah. So what did you make of Aslani today, a player that we've been speaking highly of in his um, limited minutes that he looked like he was turning a corner, but today it has to be described as sort of a subpar performance. What did you make of Christian out there? Yeah, it just looked like a guy who wanted to do too much, who wanted to leave his mark on the game. And I think he was like, I mean, even towards the end, right towards stoppage time or in stoppage time, deep into it, he took a weak shot for no reason. Like he could have looked for the extra pass. I think he wants to play hero ball so much um, and have that like marquee moment that like is ingrained in Interista's heads forever. Um, Whereas if you just play the simple thing, sometimes it's better. You know, I would have rather have seen you get the assist to Turam or, or Lauti or whatever, you know, and then we win the game and then we get remembered like, oh, not only did Lauti score that goal, but look at the pass that, that Aslani, you know, gave. You know, I, I think even with the, the turnover he made leading to the goal, uh, I think it was the second goal, um, you know, it's like he's he just kick it up, find somebody. You had Carlos Augusto on the left, like just kick it out to him. Even if it rolls out of bounds, it would have been better than than trying to dribble out of that situation. You feel the pressure. You know there's a guy right on you. And then you see the other guy coming at you from the left or your right, I mean. Um, I just don't understand why he kept that ball. Um, and look, it, it could be a maturity thing. He's another young player. Um, you know, these are things that I, I think that I'm sure, you know, the coaching staff will talk to him about. Maybe Hakan gives him a little more advice or something. Um was it this was definitely his poorest performance so far um you know when he's been able to come in he's definitely been an impact sub and been able to do some things but um yeah i did expect better as well however i'm 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 not going to give up on him quite yet not that not that I was, yeah. you're you're saying that either like i just think that yeah a disappointing game something he needs to learn from and grow from um, but I think it'll come. I thought his tackling was really subpar too. I think there was like a breakaway that happened sure, late yeah. in the game that he like did this sort of high step, you know, tackle. I don't even know what it was that it was just like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. I think some of that has to do with um, playing with Klaassen and Fratesi who also aren't great defenders. Um so it was a little bit easy for them to bypass our midfield and, and Aslani didn't really shut things down. He doesn't have the physicality to, to play that role of sort of the, the ball winner um, and that show tonight. Let's start from the back here. We've talked about a few players already and, and we touched on Aldero a little bit. Did you think the second half was an improvement from him? He, he did have a, a nice save towards the end. I also thought his distribution was pretty good. Um, what do you make of Aldero's second half? And are you, have you lost confidence in him as, uh, as our backup to Somer? 
Uh, I mean, definitely an improvement in the second half. Have I lost confidence in him? Maybe a little. I mean, my expectations weren't that high. I wasn't his biggest fan when he was at Sampdoria. I didn't think he would be anything special. Like, I, I kind of wanted to just keep Stankovic as the backup. Now I'm glad he's getting playing time at, at, at Sampdoria, which obviously, you know, we'll eventually swap them back at the end of the year. But, hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's changed too much, to be quite honest. You know, like... It is what it is. This is kind of what's expected, you know, and this is why we're looking at other options already for, for next summer. You know, while we're already, we're still already talking with Bento's people and, and, and intermediaries in Brazil because we see that this guy isn't obviously able to step in and, and really take over ever. Um, but we also know, we, we recognize that summer, you know, I think they've learned from the mistakes they made with Handanovic where you have to have that replacement lined up already and he may not step in right away but at least he'll be there you know for the future you know some people thought it would be Brazil some people thought it would have been Onana for years obviously we sold him um but yeah I um it is what it is with with Aldero I mean definitely an improvement in the second half um he made some big saves uh but I just think like even with the ball that was played into I forget his name um He's got a weird name, like 10, ten step, ten, tanks that, yeah. Um, that Bissek got muscled him for, you know, his reading of that ball bouncing in, it was kind of a, a little shaky. And I feel like if had tanks that been able to get around, um, Bissek, it probably would have been at least on goal, maybe not in the back of the net, but you know, I, I don't know his his reading of, of of balls played into the box, not not the most comforting. So yeah. Yeah, it's a tough, tough spot for him to come into, but um, yeah, he improved obviously with the uh, the shutout in the second half. Another player who improved in the second half was Jan Bisek. What did you think of Bisek and Bauer? It, it a, a tale of two halves here. Looked really off the the touch in the first half. Was just horrendous in every aspect of the game, um, and then in the second half had like a an incredible performance um, got, got himself an assist as well. So what did, what did you make of the young German Jan Oral Bisek on the, uh, the day after his birthday? Yeah, very, uh, very exciting to see that the way he was just able to, to grow into the match um, and really take command of it in the second half. It really, like you said, a tale of two halves for sure. Um Massive tackles. He, he probably saved a goal with one of his tackles late there where he just came in. He ran down Tankstead and just dove in front, like literally came sliding in and made a great, a big block. Um, out-muscled, I believe it was Di Maria on the right side at one point and was able to clear the ball. Just very good. His reading in the second half and his timing of tackles, whereas in the first half he was a little shaky, a little off his game. Um, but yeah, a completely different player. He's someone that is, that is exciting. You know, I've I've thought he was good on the ball for for portions of the game. Um, there was times in the you know when he was getting a little too forward in the play, and he he took a little ta- too long to make his decision on where to lay it off to. But you know what? That's just, I think that's just a young kid again who wants to make his moment, have a big impact on it, and maybe have an assist that leads to a goal. Um, but you know what? Uh, I'm very very pleased with the maturity in the second half and, and the change in his game for sure. Yeah, and I am feeling uh, uncertain about what his future is going to be because if he is a right center back, and if you are signing Thiago Jallo, who's also a right center back, and if you have Pavard, who's also a right center back, uh, either somebody's got to make a move or actually somebody has to make a move. That's what it is. And I don't mean move. Well, like- well if they've already talked about Thiago Jallo as a center center back. To replace and Because he's good. Be- because he's good with both feet, they would feel comfortable with him there. And he's got good pace. I mean, obviously, we don't know how good it is still after this knee injury. Um, but we would hope the pace is, you know, still there. So, Yeah, and that would provide good cover for an aging Acerbi and uh, Devray. Devray, I think, has one more year after this. Acerbi yes. is the same situation or is this his last year? I'd have to double check. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't remember the top of my head with uh, a to be. Yeah, and then you know, Bisak also played left center back um, a ton in his career. Well, a ton is relative, but 
Um, he's played left center back, so potentially backing up Bastoni as well. But yeah, I like the kid. I think he's uh, he's growing into into the team. Um, Devray and Acerbi. It's hard to it's hard to knock Devray too much for that first half. Obviously, a lot like he's the center center back, and when they're finding their way, you know, unmarked in the area a lot. You look at the center center back, whether it's his position or, you know, his ability to get guys in line and, you know, make sure everyone is marking who they're marking. But also, again, he doesn't have a ton of time with, uh, with uh, Bisek. He doesn't have a ton, a ton of time with Aldero behind him. Um, anything to say on Stefan's performance for what's been a really good season. Uh, but today was, you know, it was an average game. Yeah, average game. I mean, I thought he had some some good tackles as well. He did um, make an error that led to to the first goal. Um, but I think for the most part, he was definitely an improvement. Um, I shouldn't say sorry, not an improvement. He was just a good a good decent game from him. Um, you know, Stefan. It, it was nice to see him be the, the the captain for the game. I think that's something that it was deserving. He's he is a leader in my opinion, and I think once the game kind of settled in, obviously, you know, you're down three goals. It, it, you would think like Devry and Achetbi have kind of phoned it in, but I think once they were all able to settle in and get familiar and comfortable with each other in the back, it it definitely became a much more cohesive unit. So his leadership and his value to this this team cannot go unnoticed. Um, and I think once, you know, once he gets maybe a little bit more starting, I think would be good for him too. I think because I think he's been a master defender for the most of the season. I think that these types of things where there'll be lapses in the mentality side of things of the game won't won't occur. So yeah, uh, Acerbi gets gets on the assist sheet with his ball in for Pratesi, beautiful, a beautiful ball. I really like Acerbi at left center back. Um, I think he's better defensively than Bastoni in that position. And obviously he doesn't have the same offensive prowess, but again, it, it depends on what you need that day. And Achadabi um, feels like he's a he's good at that left center back position. He doesn't feel out of place to me at all. Um, did you think it was interesting that when Devray was subbed out for Di Marco, that it ended up being... Major like a majority of the time, Di Marco was the left center back, and Augusto stayed at the left wing um, rather than the inverse of that. I would imagine that Augusto. I know Augusto is the better defender, and I would have thought that he would have slotted into that left center back. Did you? Was there any? Did you read into that at all? Is that they did rotate towards the end, but it did seem like pri- primarily Di Marco was working out of that left center back position while Augusto continued to man the wing. The only thing that I thought about um, was that maybe Inzaghi thought that if you leave Di Marco further back, you don't have to worry that if, let's say, he gets beat initially for him to run back and chase someone down. He does. That's not a strength is. Augusto can. So maybe he thought that if I leave the guy with better pace forward more, that'll give me a little bit more cover yeah. on, on a counter potentially. That's the only thing I can maybe point to. Um, but who knows? Like, I, yeah, I, like you said, they were overlapping and they were kind of interchanging every now and then, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if there's really too much more like to read into that. Yeah. I'm actually, I, I like that look a little bit of Di Marco and Augusto kind of, um, interchanging a little bit. And you saw how forward Di Marco was getting towards the end of the game. I mean, he, he was playing in balls that should have been finished for sure. Um, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting look. Such a venomous strike. It's almost like he was trying to break the net. To be honest with that, yeah. that opportunity. Um, That's the frustration of not um, not scoring so far this season. Just yeah, letting it rip. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Um, but yeah, it's an it's an interesting look with Augusto and Di Marco. I'd, I'd be curious to see if we see it again against smaller sides and if they can be equally as devastating. Um, but it's of interest. What did you make of the Brazilian today? I was hoping for more i was hoping for more um but again we could say this a few times today not not a bad performance um what did you think yeah it, it was just a little a little not, i don't want to say underwhelming but it was it was just an okay game you know nothing bad nothing great 
I think once the changes made on and there was better people for him to play off of and play with, that's when he really came into it. It's almost like he played down to the talent around him, um, which obviously you don't want to see from a guy of really any caliber. But you know, you were hoping that he would want to grab this opportunity and be like, "I'm the left wing back now." You know, I have to be the one starting. Uh, it wasn't the case, but he didn't make any glaring mistakes. You know, nothing too exciting to 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 write home about. You know, the I forget the ball that actually got played to Barella. Initially, I thought it was. Uh, the um Augusto, but then I realized it was Di Marco with that. But I almost got really excited about about him being the one to get on the get the assist. But hey, you know what? It is what it is. It wasn't bad. It's not that I, I do think he deserves chances to start because I do think there is a player there for sure, and we see the quality. Uh, just wasn't just wasn't a too much to to get excited about for sure. Yeah, I, it is interesting with guys like Fratesi and um, and Augusto how much better they've looked as subs as opposed to from the first minute they just have you know been able to make their mark later in the game i, I thought augusto looked good in the the sociedad game he started that was a bad game for the team though it's hard for it's hard yeah but i thought he, he i thought he looked good yeah, yeah but you would like to see like a dominant performance from him where it's also of course you know, um all right can you give me a good reason for why Klaassen should ever get minutes over Stefano Sensi moving forward? Uh, only if Sensi's injured. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's your good reason. That's the only way that he should... Uh, the fact that he wasn't even on the, the UCL list is kind of ridiculous in my opinion. I think I don't regrets that after, after this. I think he does too. I really would think so. The good news is that in the knockouts we can put we can put him on and take Klassen off. So I hope that that ends up being the case because, I mean, we, we know the quality in Stefano Sensi. It's just only about the health. That's the only concern you have with Sensi. And I think if he would have been the guy to come on with Barella, I, I really do think that we would have <laughs> won that game. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, I don't. Think- Even though we we didn't, well we. We didn't deserve to win it at three when we were three 0 down. When it was three three, we did deserve to win it. We we outplayed them. We played them off the pitch at their stadium again. Yeah, um, Klassen. I yeah, I just don't think that he's he's at this level. Um, I just think his legs are gone, and whatever he was, he's not that anymore. He just like. There doesn't seem to be like a desire on his part to impact the game. It's almost like he wants to be invisible. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't really need to see more of him. I don't. Um, you have guys like uh, Stensi, but also youngsters like you know Alexander Stankovic or Di Maggio or um, Akin Samiro. Like there's Agume, <laughs> Agume. I'd rather see over over Klassen at this point. Um, yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah. Not making a ton of money. didn't cost us anything to bring him in. But uh, yeah, I'd cut ties relatively shortly. Um, Darmian. Uh, you know. Okay. An okay game. Um, didn't, didn't do... Didn't do much. I, I didn't think he was like overly... It wasn't a typical Mateo Damian game that we've been used to recently where he he stands out as one of the like, you know, three or four best players on the pitch for Inter because of how solid he is. Um, I didn't feel that from him today, but I also don't think that it's really a negative, um, you know, solid, nothing, a 6.5 or a 6 performance from him. I would have to agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I do think he feels more comfortable now as a right center back more so than as a right wing back. It's, it's torture. Uh, you to, could... like keep, he can play both, but it is like hard me- mentality-wise to like adjust. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's definitely hard to adjust. Definitely hard to keep up with the pace of the game and, and the pace of, of the players around him, I think. But I still think, yeah, he, he gets the job done. Like It's not like anything that you'll be like, oh, man. So Kind of like when we were talking to... Um, Nick and Nicholas about Rugani, you know, like if you're not really talking about him, that's good, you know, because yeah. uh, he 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 just doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't do anything that you'll be like, wow, yeah, that was great. Um, 
I mean, like in terms of attacking, you know, display, but he will make, you know, timely challenges and stuff like that. And, and he always tracks back and, and he's smart. That's one thing I love. He's very cerebral. So, yeah, but I would agree like a six, six and a half at, at most for sure. Speaking of cerebral, someone who's not the most cerebral, Juan Cuadrado got himself a bit of a run out today. He would be so, so much better if he got rid of the stupid giveaways and like, that the thing that frustrates me the most with him is that like hesitation that he does where he just hangs on to the ball one second longer than he needs to and goes for a pass that's not there when he had a lane to burst past his opponent. Like we've seen him do it over and over again, but it just seems like there's no consistency to his decision making or footballing IQ. There's that video that's been going around Twitter of the shoulder that he laid into Moise Ken and then you know, burst down the sideline uh, at the end of Juventus, which shows, you know, he's got a level of, of high IQ, but it's just the, like, it's the simple giveaways that are so frustrating for a player that can truly be electric on his day. Um, but a, a decent, a decent run out for him. I, I thought he looked, looked pretty, he looked dangerous. Definitely looked dangerous. Uh, there was a ball that Lautaro didn't play uh, through. Yeah. He took the shot and it was deflected. That I think if he would have played to Cuadrado, either he crosses it to Turam or right back to to Lauti, or he takes a shot himself, and who knows what could have happened. Um, the ball that Barella played over the top that he just couldn't get on the end of that was another good opportunity. And I thought, yeah, like minus the turnovers and dribbling right into some people, yeah, I think he was a pretty pretty okay performance. You know, I yeah, I agree. I wish he would get that those mental mistakes out of his game. I don't know if. He could be another one. You know, I, I think playing for Inter brings a different type of pressure in the sense that you you see how passionate the fans are. You see how they fill the San Siro week in and week out and how they love you if you do anything. And I think knowing that he came over from Juve, knowing how people were not receptive of him when he first arrived, I think he's another one that is just trying to do too much. Uh, and that's not an excuse. I'm not saying like, oh, you know, let's let him you know, be okay. But I think that they just want to do something to endear themselves to the fans that they just try too much sometimes. And at the same time, it's like, dude, you were delivering some crosses that Lauti was getting on the end of and scoring. Just keep doing that. People will like you. You know, Dumfries isn't giving those crosses. So it's like you keep doing that and just finding him and feeding them goals. Your goal will come. Like, I mean, we've seen it where guys, they go dormant for who knows how long. And then somehow, you know, they pop up like Gagliardini will pop up on a back post and boom, it ends up in the back of the net somehow. I think Cuadrado will get a goal yeah. at least one this year at some point. Um, and I think he just needs to to not overthink these things and try to hero ball it. He's a good he's a good um, <clears throat> sub option off the bench against tired legs. Like he can really devastate in that in that role. Um, what do you have to say about Alexis today? He's on the score sheet, puts away a penalty, um, but. It is very clear to me that this is a shell of the player that we've seen in the past. The same thing that we say about about Dumfries, like just because you score a goal, it doesn't change the rest of your your performance. Too often he gets pushed off the ball way too easily. He he's a guy who tries to play like he's still 25, like he still has that pace, he still has that ability to beat his man. He doesn't. He just doesn't. He needs to stop and and kind of how Pirlo got as he aged. No, everyone knew. I mean, Pirlo was never one to be quick of feet, but once he got older and that pace, quote unquote, <laughs> disappeared, he became even smarter. He knew he learned how to use his body. He learned how to the ball will always move faster than the player. So it's like sometimes you just gotta be quick, quick pass, and then boom, you could run. You could be the one that runs, and then they give you a ball that you run onto. That uh, you'll be faster without the ball at your feet if you're running onto a ball in space. Like he needs to be quicker with his his movements, quicker with his reading of the game, reading of the situation around him, who's where. You know, like there was one play in the first half where I feel like if he would have played it to Arnatovic quick one time, Arnatovic, who you know what he actually it, he is faster, but he is also smart. Like I mean, listen, he's not playing great by any means, but he you do see the player thinking and the and the and the wheels turning when he gets the ball on his feet like he was immediately looking to to find where to get the ball to he got it out to um Darmian on the right 
But I feel like if Alexis would have played that, as soon as the ball was played to him one time, I think Ardena runs it in on goal. Does he score? Probably not, because we've seen when he's had one-on-one opportunities, he puts it right at the keeper. Um, but I think that he could have had a dangerous chance. He just has to be like thinking one or two steps ahead, which I think is just a guy who's hanging on to his his or what he thinks is his prime for for too long and too much. And he's just not who he was anymore. He's got to someone's got to tell him. And to your point, like he only can make his way to playing in that style if he's getting consistent minutes, but he's not playing well enough to get consistent minutes. So it's like, he's kind of, you either have to accept your role and like adapt to it and, you know, find a way to be effective or you're just never going to really get yourself going. Um, I don't know what he was expecting when he came back to Inter. Like he was never displacing Lautaro and maybe he thought he had a shot against Duram, but that is not the case. Um, Arnatovic, I did not hate this signing as much as a lot of people on Twitter do. I think it was a good pivot in terms of... It's the price. It's, That's what everyone hates. Yeah. I don't think it's the player. It's the price. Yeah. Like, I hate the price. $10 million for a guy. We're not going to get that money back. No. That's what I hate. Yeah. And, it, you know, part of it is also for killing intermanagement like part of it is that the expectation was that it was going to be Lukaku Lukaku and Turam right and that 30 million that they earmarked for um, Lukaku they obviously didn't want to earmark it for any of the other options like Balogun or Eliawahi or you know any of the other options that we were looking at they obviously didn't think they obviously thought it would be better to spend that money on Pavard which I think is the right call if Arnautovic is able to be, <clears throat> you know, what I think he is, which is I think he's a really solid striker. I know he's 34. I know he costs 10 million, but I think he's really, <clears throat> he lacks pace, but he does not lack in technical ability. He does not lack in ability to put the ball in the back of the net. And I think that as this season goes along, I think we would have already seen more of it had he not been injured. He would have been getting minutes that, you know, Lauti and Turam had to soak up a lot to start this season. But I do think at the end of the campaign, fingers crossed, I do think that people are going to appreciate Arnatovic more for for what he can give us. Um, great finish today. Could have had more. Um, yeah, I think he's I think he's a sol- he should be the four. He should be the fourth option. Um, he shouldn't have the pressure of being the third. He should be the four, but I think he's a solid <clears throat> solid player and I I want to see more of him. I'm happy that he got his first. Yeah, definitely happy he got his first. I think it's um a long time coming, much deserved. You know, I mean, I was really hyped for him when he came. I mean, yeah, he was being dubbed the Austrian Ibrahimovic, you know, and I really believed it when you saw the player, the 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 highlight reels of him at at Twente. You were like, oh my gosh, we just got an absolute beast who's going to be like, I thought him and Balotelli would be the strike partnership for years to come. Clearly, neither of that happened. Uh, but it was just, yeah, I mean, I, I was happy for him. I, I wish he would have been able to revel in the moment more and enjoy it because obviously there was the, is he offside, is he not? Initially, the the stream from Paramount, you don't see it. I'm like, it, it, as they were showing the initial replay, they cut away from it. I, that's That annoyed me so much. But he did. Uh, he did keep himself on when they when they finally did mark mark it as a goal. So I'm very happy for him to get his first. Uh, I agree. I don't think that he's the guy that should be the third option. Hopefully, we go for Taremi, and that we're able to get rid of Alexis, whether it be to a Saudi club, a South American club, something else. Uh, because yeah, I th- I think if you're able to go with Turam, Lauti, uh, Taremi, and Arnatovic, that's I'm, I'm I feel much better about that going into Champions League, going into the, the second half of the season. Those are some bulldogs. so we'll see what happens. Those are some bulldogs in the striker department. If that some bulldogs who who yeah they work for the they work for the team. You know that that's something that I think is important too. You have guys who put the team first uh, and not so much just think about their own glory. Maybe maybe Lauti's getting a little selfish, but I think you're entitled to when one you're the captain and two you're scoring as much as he is. I I I, I think that's okay, but. He's not. He is looking for his teammates too. I'm not saying that he's just you know trying to do everything himself, uh, but I think everybody else is is working for the good of the team as well. So, Duram, that was a that was a hell of a, a few minutes there. 
I mean, dude, what, welcome, could, welcome to coming on, man. Could not contain him. Could not contain him whatsoever. His speed was devastating uh, for Benfica to deal with. His hold-up play. I mean, he uh, he was a reason why it looked so dominant for Inter late on because he's just physically extremely difficult to deal with if you're uh, if you're a defender. I mean, his pace on the on the wing, his his desire to take on his man. I knew as soon as he had the ball on the edge in the 18 and the way he was dribbling that he was going to try to cut it wide and then cut back in on his right foot. And I mean, Otamenti bit hard, which I mean, he's done it in the past. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's he is such a bad defender. Like when the rumors are coming out that we might sign that him, was I was I was freaking out because that guy's like he's a walking accident. So rather thank goodness that wasn't the case. there. I, I would have rather Aspilicueta. I would have rather Ranocchia. I mean, yeah. there's so many other guys I would have taken over him, to be quite honest. But fortunately, uh, that's not he's not a, our problem. Um, but yeah, he. I mean, inevitably, or is it inevitably? Is that the word I'm looking for? Maybe inevitably. Whatever. He did lead to the goal that, that cost him the victory, So, uh, or the penalty that led to the goal. So, Lauti comes on and... Yeah. and um... Gets scrappy, gets scrappy, gets in Orkun Kokchu's face, and uh... I'm I'm glad he 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 was calm though. In this, I mean, obviously he was getting worked up, but he didn't retaliate. He didn't do something stupid that would get him thrown out of the next game or something. So that is a sign of maturity for sure. I'm glad. I like that he didn't he didn't back down either. You know, you don't yeah. want people to think that you're just an easy pushover. Um, that you will stand your ground. Now he didn't go over the top and do something stupid, which is a, a awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Whereas, you know, we would have seen maybe... And it's funny that we see Barella in that situation trying to be the level-headed one and get him out of that. Uh, yeah. Whereas, you know, two years ago, he's he's punching... Uh, I don't remember whose leg on the on the side there. Um, was it, uh, it was Militao. Yeah. And, uh, huh? Barella, Barella was punching, yeah, Militao's yeah. leg. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like... So that was, uh, that was huge. And then, you know what? Another thing huge for uh Barella to not have like broken his ankle on that red card uh honestly I didn't think it was a red card incident but then when I saw it again and when the way his ankle gets rolled on I could see why that's yeah, I mean that is a definitely a endangering uh play so to not uh, to not to get away with that without an injury huge 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 the commentary on that red card they were mentioning the trailing back leg more than the front leg which more than the yeah the first one he keeps studs down i thought the i thought the red comes from the front leg not because like he didn't the front leg ultimately didn't make contact with the ball and it didn't impede barella it was the back leg that brought him down but for me the front leg is the dangerous action because he's coming at an angle with the studs up that if he did like if that front leg would have made contact with Barella, that's a red that that's a almost a leg breaker. I I didn't think it was coming in with the studs up. I think he was coming in like when you. I wish I could pull it up right now, but he's from what I remember, he was coming in now super aggressive. Comes in, puts his foot, plants his front foot down, and then with the force of his body still pull, pushing him forward, the like. The ferocity of the of the way the the second leg comes in and makes the contact, I think that's what they were going with, um, and the fact of the way his ankle just gets rolled on in that situation. Yeah, I think he, um, yeah, was very fortunate, obviously. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't think the front one would have. I mean, I didn't like the chopping, the chopping angle that it was like the way his yeah. foot kind of like stomps. It's coming okay. down. Okay, it's coming from. It's coming from a height that is dangerous, you know? Like, you shouldn't be... Anyway. Anyway, um, what did you make of a cameo that is going to get the Barella's back crowd pretty excited? I mean, he just keeps performing week in and week out now. You know, like, we see the improvements week in and week out. It was a very slow start, very disappointing start. Uh, I think the goals are going to come for sure. You see the effort. It's not lacking. And he is looking to, you know, he- his head is always up. He's he's scanning the field. He's looking to find out where to make the next play, who to, who to pass the ball to. 
I'm I'm so happy, so happy that we have him. He's uh, yeah, I think he's gonna be integral to uh, our success and us hopefully coming home with the uh, the scudetto at the end of the year because I think he's had a, he has a big role to play in in that for sure. Yeah, the in a game where Interisti were subjected to a majority of of the of the ninety viewing Aslani, Fratesi, and Klassen. When Barella comes on, the the difference in quality is like, it's shocking. It's shocking how good he is and how much better he is than, um, you know, the rest of our options. All right, so Inter uh, is in, currently in second place, despite the fact that we're both on 11 points with Sociedad. It's the goal differential. Uh, Sociedad has plus two on us. So it comes down to... To the final match day, uh, this group at San Siro, a draw is not going to be good enough um, to win the group. Um, both teams obviously are, all, are already qualified, but listen, the finishing first and, and finishing second, it's important to finish first. But even if you do, that doesn't rule out that you're not gonna that you're not gonna come across a big team um, in the round of sixteen. You know, some, PSG could finish. And again, I have full confidence in us versus PSG, but let's talk for the sake of like for the casuals who they think the big teams are. PSG could finish second in their group and Inter could be drawn with them. So even if we finish first. So it's 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 important. I want to finish first. Um, the only way we're going to do so is with a win at, at San Siro. And I'm expecting... And we haven't, we haven't won our group since 08-09. So it would be nice to actually win our group. I'm very curious to know what the fixtures look like around the... Oh, okay. It's Udinese and Lazio. Udinese before, Lazio after, Lazio away um, on Sunday. And we play Tuesday against Sociedad. So that's plenty of time to... Yeah, they should play a full-strength team. They should play a full-strength team. And they should go for it and go for the win against Sociedad and and top the group. Uh, All right. Anything else that you wanted to cover here, Johnny, for, for today? Yeah. Uh, first off, I want to say just thank you to, to all our listeners who have been sharing uh, the Spotify. I don't even know what it's called. The, the rankings of like where our podcast ranks amongst listeners. Um, honestly, that's it's very humbling and very appreciative or appreciated, I should say. Um, just the fact that so many people invest so much time into into listening to what we have to say, I mean, it means a lot. It really does. Um, and then to uh, so we're going to be doing uh, that give uh, a giveaway too for predictions for the Napoli match. But I also want to do someone a uh, a giveaway for every if you've shared um, the Spotify listing thing. I don't actually really. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. I think we should we shouldn't just limit ourselves to just our U.S. listener listeners. Uh, we're gonna do another, I think, raffle for that as well. So if you're listen listen to this episode, go to, if you're using it on Spotify. If you're doing an Apple Podcast, I don't know if they have something like that, but still, we could figure something out so that you don't you're not excluded either. But would love to see uh, where you actually fall in terms of the ranking. Of, of listeners for the podcast, but then we'll do a giveaway where I'll just take everyone's names who, who retweets or does anything with that. And, uh, I'll give away, we'll give away another card. Uh, maybe I'll see what Lautaro Martinez cards I have and we can maybe do that one. And then Barella will be for the prediction of the Napoli match. So we'll do two different giveaways wow. just because, uh, I think we're so appreciative of, of you listeners. You guys are amazing. hundred percent. And you guys like, sharing that kind of stuff with us and you know telling us that you appreciate listening to the pod it's it's incredibly motivating uh for both of us 100 yeah like really we want to do our best for you guys um and ultimately at the end of the day like you know we're not journalists we're not you know i guess we are content creators but we're not out here doing anything other than being fans that love this team um, and that want to talk to you guys about it. And like, it's therapy for us. It's therapy for us. (laughs) And you guys get to listen in. So um, yeah, it's very appreciated, appreciated. And um, those are awesome giveaways too. Like that Barella card is, is sweet, sweet. So yeah, share with us and and you'll uh, be entered into this, this giveaway. 
100 percent. all right people uh thanks again for listening in the words of the great roberto scarpini forza ragazzi forza ragazzi forza ragazzi <laughs>